0: morning we're going to be starting by reading out of Matthew chapter 5, or sorry, chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles with you, please open to Matthew 4. We're going to be starting in verse 19. Before I do that, I just wanted to mention a few thoughts. First of all, just wanted to uh, thank all the team this morning for doing such an amazing job. You know, I, I just thought I would mention as well, Daniel, amazing job this morning. But I think you should know that all I did was ask Daniel to do offering. I had no idea what he was going to share, what he was going to say, and um, and that really came from from Daniel's heart. I just I just think I'm I'm sure you would assume that there there wouldn't be any kind of prepping or anything like that. But but um, that was straight out of Daniel's heart, and uh, and you felt that, didn't you? That was powerful. You know, another important thing to realize is that Mountain Chapel. It's not just keeping the lights on and supporting staff. We're we're reaching out. We're, we are uh, this church has a, a long history of being a house of generosity and um, and we're constantly sewing in. I would miss things, but we're, there's missionaries that have been being supported for years, month after month. There's money going out. You are sowing into missions when you give here um, the soup kitchen right into the local community and not only money, but our people are serving Faithfully and really, some of these uh, things—it's you guys who are making it happen, you know. And and you know, if if somebody doesn't show up, it doesn't happen. How many know that, right? Right? Like people go, "Well, it was all God." Like, yeah, but God somehow has—God has tied Himself to us and His purposes on the earth, and so He doesn't need us, but He is determined to move through people, and uh, and that's that's a powerful thing. And so. Um, anyway, when you when you um, when you sow, you're sowing into the kingdom. You know, I just remember. I, I, I like to remember that when I give, ultimately, even though there's a structure and there's a way that we do it, ultimately, I'm giving to the Lord. And I and I think that way. Whether I'm given here, which we do, we we do we've done that for all our Christian lives. You know, we we want to put the Lord first in every part of our life. And I think often. Uh, well, I could get off on this. I'm going to I'm going to stop. But uh, it all belongs to God, my whole life, all my time, all my affection, everything. And so um, but I think it's important to know that when you give, you're actually sowing into missions, local ministry. And really, we're just getting started. So um, thanks for praying with us into that as well. Uh, I thought just to uh, to prep this morning, right before we read the text and get into the word. And, uh, you know, how many here are note takers? You're a note taker. You love to take notes. Right. You learn that way. Um, I'm a note taker. I've always had a journal. Like I don't I don't journal like my thoughts and feelings too much. I That's great if you do that. But I, I generally keep a journal and I just write down in it the things that God says to me. And so whether that's in private or whether that's through preaching, that's what my journal looks like. And it looks like lots of different little revelations and notes. And sometimes they're comprehensive, but that's a rare occasion. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, because I have a high value, and this is really my point this morning, that I have a high value for the substance of the kingdom. How many know it isn't what I remember, but it's what I receive that really changes my life? Yeah, it's powerful. <laughs> and, and so I think this should encourage you because what, when you're taking notes, some of you like to take pointed notes. And there's many different speaking styles and many different learning styles and things like that. But what I like to remember is that the message that goes forth is a message of power. And so it's not just what I'm hearing and learning with my mind. Right. But it is what I am receiving with my spirit. It's the it's the thing that I can't see with my eyes, but is more real than the things I see. It's the kingdom. And so the kingdom is being released this morning. You can feel the presence of God in our midst. And right now in this atmosphere of the presence, you know, an important thing to remember is that when I'm in the presence, I am continually being shaped into the likeness of Jesus By the Holy Spirit. Ah, so good. Every day. And that's a little bit about the message today. I want to talk about following Jesus. (laughs) It's a pretty basic message today. A real simple message. But how many know that it isn't the complexity of the gospel that changes lives? It isn't the cleverness of, of the things we say and how we communicate it that changes lives. But it is the power of the gospel that changes our lives. And it's, and power isn't just a metaphor for that was a good word, brother. Like, power is the substance that you can feel right now in the atmosphere if you tune in. And and so when we sit under the teaching and the preaching of the word, it, it's, it's amazing to take notes. And, and But what's what I like to remember, and I take notes because... There's something about when I write, it helps me absorb. It's like an active absorption, you know, whether and I do sometimes go back and read them, but whether I go back and read the notes that I took during a message or not, simply writing those things down that hit me along the way and just pay attention to that when you hear something in a message that hits you, you feel it. Whoa, like take note of that, because for you, there's life in that word. You just received a nugget of life from the Lord and uh, and it's bread. It's the bread of life. And uh, Jesus said that we don't live by bread alone, but by but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How many know somebody say God's still speaking? <laughs> How many are thankful for the Bible? Yeah, I'm glad for what God has said and for what God has done. But you know what I'm even more glad for? What he's saying today. And God's speaking to us today. <laughs> and every day, you know. And uh, and so we, we, as a Christian, we have the joy of waking up every morning, whether we wake up grumpy, tired, stiff, doing cartwheels, whatever it is, that regardless of that, we have the joy of the expectancy that today is a day to hear from him. To experience him and to be changed more into his likeness that he be manifest in my life. Amen. <laughs> so that sounds like fun to me. I don't know about you. Uh, I, actually, I do know about you. I know it sounds fun to you as well. Let's read the word. <laughs> Matthew 4. Here we go. 19. And we're reading about when Jesus was calling a few of his disciples. All right. And so, uh, well, we'll start at 18. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. They were fishing. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, immediately, somebody say immediately. It's powerful. They left, left, say left. They left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, his father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. And then Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Oh, come on. And healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. And so, God, we just thank you that today, even while we preach and teach, that the power of God is present to heal. So good. I've had the the joy of uh, continuing to teach uh, some AMT classes it's, it stands for advanced ministry training in Bethel School Supernatural Ministry down the hill on Tuesday mornings And um, they're uh, they're just think of an elective is what they are It's like an elective for ministry school students and and I've been teaching one on the Holy Spirit and also on Developing intimacy with God through prayer. So it's exciting to to pour into them. Well, we were in the Holy Spirit class a few weeks back and um, It was amazing we had, two, I think it was two people just got healed and we hadn't mentioned a word about healing. And I wasn't even expecting healing that morning. I don't know. Maybe I should repent for that. But I wasn't thinking about healing. And yet God So that that just shows you that God does what he wants. Right. And he wants to do good things. Amen. So just receive from the Lord whatever he has, the substance and the power of his kingdom that comes This morning in Jesus' name. So Jesus said to them, he said, he said, follow me. It's powerful, isn't it? You know, he, uh, the word follow implies a journey. How many know we're on a journey? How many know this life is a journey? Right? How many know sometimes we're trying to build a house when God says you're living in a tent? (laughs) Tents can be moved. And don't get me wrong. I'm glad we are living in houses in the natural. But, um, but, uh, but we're on a journey. You know, what's powerful about, um, I want to point a few things about this text, point them out to you. That um, Jesus in his day, when he was walking around, he used to look at this and go, was Jesus just a stranger to these guys? And, you know, like, you're in, the, you're in your family business, fishing with your dad, and this is your career path, right? And and you're sitting there, and then just some guy shows up, you've never even seen him before, and he's like, follow me. And you're like, see you, Dad, quitting the family business, I'm following him. Who's that? I don't know. I'm just going to follow him. And and um And even though I do believe that the authority that Jesus carried as he walked and as he taught, Certainly would be powerful enough and significant enough to motivate that type of response, even to somebody who didn't know him. I understand that. He's the son of God. Uh, you know, I mean, Jesus, this is Jesus, the one who, when they came to apprehend him, right, they couldn't take him. Right. We're looking for Jesus. I am he. And they they all fall down under power. So we are talking about the son of God. However, it was common in these days for these rabbis, Jesus was called rabbi, which means he was a recognized teacher. Remember, even at 12 years old, he was found in the temple about his father's business, teaching with this amazing revelatory uh, gift and this authority that people would actually listen to this 12 year old boy as he opened the scriptures and taught. And so. So it, it's, it's, so it was tradition in those days for these teachers to be around and they'd be teaching. Some were more notable than others. And there, and there were students around, uh, young men who desired to, uh, be raised up and, and basically discipled or taught. And, and the best hope, really the only hope for one of these young men and, and thank God today it's men and women, right? But it was young men that would be, that would be called into like learning the law and being discipled under one of these rabbis. Where they would learn not only the law, but, but how to live. So when you followed a rabbi, you would not just learn what they taught, but you would live how they lived. You would follow them. Literally, like, it, it was just about like living with them. Like you, you'd go where they go. You'd learn to say what they say. And then you would learn to apply to your life, not only learn the law, but how to apply it to your life so that it works in your life, right? How many know the world just doesn't need, like, nice church teaching? They need a gospel that works when you get up in the morning and when you go to work and we need a breakthrough, right? People don't just need... Words, they need God. And that's, the, that's, that's what the gospel actually is. That God is here. God is among us. And then he will be in you if you're born again. Amen? Amen? That's good news. And so they would hope to be accepted. And so it would be common for these young men to approach a teacher and say, uh, and say uh, can I follow you? Or let me follow you. And then it was up to the teacher actually to accept them or say, no, I'm sorry, you cannot follow me. I'm looking for somebody else. And, and But the powerful thing about this is that what Jesus did was way out of the box, really and really uncommon. Now, Jesus approached these men. First of all, they were fishermen. They were they were there fishing. They were they were unlearned men, as the Bible says. Right later, we understand that they said they took note that they had been with Jesus. They didn't have any degrees. They didn't go to any Bible colleges. They weren't even they weren't even able to study, really, because they their life was tied to this vocation of fishing. And maybe they had heard Jesus and heard rabbis around teaching. But Jesus shows up on the scene and he calls to them where they are. And he says, now this rabbis didn't do this. You follow me like it would have been the place for the student to ask in humility. But here is Jesus, the son of God, the best teacher that ever I mean, And he walks up and he calls them and he says, follow me. So you got to understand, first of all, even in the natural, this was a phenomenal Opportunity that would not be afforded to young men, young people, usually. When Jesus did this, you know, Jesus, how, about, how many know this? In John uh, fifteen sixteen, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. That you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give to you. John 15:16. It's powerful because we actually see in the beginning of his ministry, as he's choosing his disciples, that Jesus is actually, before he's saying this, he's doing it. You didn't choose me, you didn't even ask me. I chose you. You had no hope for anything different in your future. And you were probably happy to be a fisherman because at least you had a livelihood. And there was a family business and, and these, these were good businesses, you know, often. But but it could have been a meager living. And yet Jesus comes along and he calls to them into something that they never dreamed would be possible. Amazing, isn't it? And they become the, the apostles who shaped, really shaped the world. Turned it upside down, as somebody said. <laughs> uh. When Jesus, you know, he does this to us, right? He's still calling people. You realize that. And, and, and when Jesus calls them, he's communicating a few things. First of all, he's saying what we've already stated. I've chosen you. You're picked. You have been picked. Feels good to be picked, right? Feels good to be picked. Oh, and how much more by Jesus? When Jesus picks them, he's also communicating a confidence, a belief, actually, in their potential. Jesus is saying to his disciples, I see something, you know, they're fishermen, but I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. Follow me and I'm going to make you something you never thought you could be. It would literally be like if you were working a hot dog stand uh, in, in New York City and somebody came down from Wall Street and grabbed you and said, hey, I want to teach you everything I know and I want to raise you up to to uh, be my successor. It was that kind of an upgrade, except for better. Way better. <laughs> I mean, they got to walk with Jesus. Amen. You know, and I I would just say today that for those of us that are following him today, I think it's important to remember that, 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 you know, I didn't choose Jesus. I said yes to him. I when he said, follow me, I got up like you did. We answered the call. But but Jesus isn't blessed to be picked by us. (laughs) You know, like, you know, when I found the Lord. He wasn't lost. You didn't find the Lord. He found you. The story is that the sheep had gone astray. The shepherd wasn't lost. The flock didn't go run after and find oh we found the shepherd. He was out there lost in the nails. That's a good word, right? <laughs> It's encouraging because sometimes religion gets us working hard when we start thinking it's up to us. And you know what I realized is that the faithfulness of my life is actually just kind of like Jesus keeps pouring His faithfulness into me. You know what I'm saying? Like He's so faithful, and then and and then He's so faithful that He covers all your gaps, and then He turns around and goes, "You're so faithful." Thank you, Lord. I mean, if you say it, it must be true. I'm not going to argue. Amen. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And and if you don't know the Lord and you're here today and your heart is burning as I'm speaking this message and, and you're feeling you're feeling motivated or drawn toward the Lord, you're saying, you know, I want to know the Lord. Then I would point out and say that actually isn't even you. That is God also drawing you. Because Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. But when he calls us, he calls us for a purpose. Amen. Let's keep going. You know, another great verse, he says, uh, in John twelve thirty two, Jesus had said, speaking of how he would die on the cross. But he said, He said, if I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw people to me. Isn't it amazing that we actually don't even draw people to God? We just let the light shine. It works. The light works. So if you're feeling compelled and drawn closer, even if you know the Lord deeply, because I believe part of this message really actually, the the, uh, ability, the point of this message is really like how the Lord is leading us today and we're getting there. But even right now, if your heart is beginning to burn, then then God is doing something in you. And I think sometimes we journey with the Lord for a while. And and, you know, you know, I was just I was talking to my wife, Amy, and um, she did a great job on announcements, by the way. Right. Let me give her a hand. Amen. It's just good to have you up here. Speaking and um, she does it all the time in, in her world. And this is her world, too, now. So, yay, God. Um, I lost my thought. Thank you. I was talking to Amy this morning. I'm back. Um, and And I was I was think I had been meditating lately and I actually think about this quite often about. About that, we are called to follow. Follow means to move. It means to continue to move forward and not to settle. It's a relationship. Relationships can't be stagnant. And, and so, and, but one of the, one of the temptations, I should say, I guess I would say, of blessing, which how many know if you're born in America, you won the lottery. And other countries, too. Right. I mean, if you're born in Australia, if you're born like if you're born in a nice country that, that you can worship the Lord without fear of death, like that, you we could gather like this without, you know, it, it's it's such a blessing. And I, and I and I'll tell you, like, I think that one of the challenges for us is how blessed can we be and still be burning in our hearts to follow? I'm so stirred up. There's something that I have asked the Lord for myself. It's something that I ask of God. It's a continual prayer that I pray. And I, and I say, God, you know, I just... Ah, man, how many have been humbled by circumstances? I have. <laughs> and you know, what it, you know what it reveals to me when I'm humbled by circumstances? Basically, it reveals that I actually needed to be humbled. And I, I don't like it. Like, I don't like that feeling. I'm not saying I don't, of course we don't like the circumstances and, and, and things. But I'm actually saying what I don't like is that when that reveals to me that some type of, of, of complacency or pride had crept in without me realizing it. And that my heart for Jesus was burning less than it could. Uh, and, and I just think, God, you've been so good to me. You know, and and, I, and I've just begun to pray this prayer and I've been praying it for some time. Like, God, give me a grace. Do something with me that that, God, you could give us a generation that that there would be no limit to what you could entrust us with. Because because as you entrust us with it, God, that we would instead of being comfortable, we would actually become more aware of our need, our absolute need of you that. That we're like dust, we're really dust, and, and, and that we need you. That every breath is a gift, and every day is a gift. And so I just pray that God, whatever He gives, that there would be an increase in my heart to turn it towards Him, and, and basically come back with worship. And say, where are we going? Amen. Because what I've found is that, that how much of, of him that I can taste and know by experience has nothing, is not determined by how much I have experienced. It has everything to do with whether or not I'm still hungry. <laughs> whether or not my heart is alive with love for Jesus. For Jesus. That, that I'm not a churchgoer. I love Jesus. And you love Jesus. And so we come together. And church isn't something we go to. It's something we are. And we gather, though. We do gather. So they immediately left their nets. This is amazing. Okay? This word left there, it's a powerful word. Okay? It actually means, um, instead of doing it from memory, I'm going to read what I wrote. It means to send away, to depart To expire, it's over. It's over. These nets are expired for me. Out of date? Gone. Moving on. To leave, to desert. Actually, it's a word that can be used for divorce. It's that powerful of a word. In other words, it's dead to me now. Because I'm following you. (laughs) <laughs> not even that it was bad, not that it was bad, it was just that, that they were called out of something to follow Jesus somewhere else. Can you imagine? Like, it's your dad. Your dad Your dad has prepared this for you all your life. And he's looking forward to handing it to the sons. And I could just imagine, like, the respect and the love they had for their father. But but he's going, Dad, thank you so much. Like, really it wrecks me. I, I've seen how you prepared this for me and your heart to follow you in the family business. But Jesus is calling me and I have to follow him. And I don't know how that went down. I, it, You know, maybe maybe the father was as excited as they were. Maybe it wasn't understood. Sometimes when you follow the Lord uh, completely in your life, that not everybody always understands. And the best thing to do is not try to Explain it all the time. Just stay humble and love. So they left their nets. It wasn't comfortable, you know. They left the sure thing for what they didn't know. And this is, they're following the guy who's saying like, you know, guys, even foxes and birds have a place to sleep, but I don't even have that. So come on and follow me. <laughs> it's going to be good. Right? Right? It's a faith walk. Amen. You know, following Jesus. Oh, before I go there. In other words, as a a disciple and a follower of Christ. This is the life that we are called to. There are a few things that a disciple. And we're more than disciples, right? We're sons and daughters. We're the bride of Christ. We're looking to him. And we're like, Lord, what is it that's on your heart? Because that's what's going to be on my heart. We're living in that direction. And so, but when we live this way, this is the heart position that we take. One, I don't know anything until I've learned it from you. I think I know a lot of stuff. Some of it might be true. But I'm not going to stand on it like a foundation until I've heard it from you. Two. I'm following you to learn how to live. I've been used to living one way. And I'm not even talking about sin or your old life. I'm just talking about your ways. Jesus showed up and he said, I'm the way. Isn't it amazing that he showed up and said that? I'm the way. A way is a path. It's, a, it's an act, It involves activity. Journey. Moving. We're going. You know, how many remember that... Um, when the children of Israel were going to pass over the Jordan into the promised land, right? That there were some tribes that looked at the land right before, right on the, this side of the Jordan before they crossed over into what was promised. And they were like, this is pretty good. Hey, this is good, right? Look at this place. This is nice. Wow, way better than the desert. Hey, we're good. We're going to live right here. Who wants to fight giants anyway? And he's like, you sure you want this? Yes. Okay. You can have this. As soon as you come over the river, help us fight giants. You can come right back. <laughs> oh, that went bad. Anyway. <laughs> okay. We just want to keep following. You know, the point is, when you settle, you settle for less. And it isn't about what you get. It's who you get. Like the joy in life, really, is knowing him, isn't it? Oh, okay. So we're called to follow. It requires humility and, and a surrender to follow, right? And sometimes what happens in our life is that we, we journey and then we sort of go, you know, I'm going to sit down for a while. And you know what? I'd be out on a run. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a runner, I know you can't tell. But I am. And, and, um, and so, uh, I am, hey, I, I am, okay? And, um, I've run marathons, two of them. Two full marathons, anyway. Lorraine prophesied it. So, um, and, uh, and it, and it happened. But, um, but what I find when you're running is when you sit down, if you sit too long, pretty soon you don't want to run anymore. And you need a refreshing. And I feel like the Lord comes to us and he goes, "I love it. Look at I brought you here. I brought you where you are now. Do you want some more?" And that's what I I've, I've just been really feeling stirred up like because you know God has a vision for Trinity County. God is burning for Weaverville, for every person everywhere that you don't even know where they live. God is alive with purpose and passion, and he's mighty to save, and he's pouring out his spirit. We had a word last week um, in Presence Night, which Presence Night at 630 tonight. Come and enjoy the presence with us. We're having a good time. Freedom's breaking out. You know, we had a word that um, there's a wellspring of salvation here, and, and, and uh, I knew it was a word of the Lord for us, and, and um, in uh, Isaiah 12, 2 and 3, it talks about how we'll drink freely from the well of salvation. You know, and so God has a vision. And so following Jesus looks a bit like this. Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies, a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Spiritual service. Oh, it's good. We won't unpack that right now. And and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of, what the will of God is. That which is good, acceptable, and perfect. The point is this. My spiritual father used to say to me, he said, the thing about a living sacrifice is that it can crawl down off the altar sometimes. <laughs> you know, I mean, if it's dead, it just stays there and burns. But, but a living sacrifice, you know. But you know what the joy of a living sacrifice is? The joy of continually following Jesus is this. That it can be continually offered. That it is continually pleasing. And that it never gets old or wears out. It's a relationship. You know, we're not just following a 2,000-year-old example, are we? I'm glad for his example. I'm glad that it's here. We need this. But you know, a friend of mine, Gene, was here from India. He was telling me, he said, you know, there's parts of India where they don't have Bibles. And he said, a Bible, the, the, the Word of God, the Bible, is a blessing. And we want all believers to have them. But he said where they don't have Bibles, they have more encounters with Jesus. Sometimes. I don't want to say that's across the board. But he said, because Jesus just shows up and reveals himself. And they learn from him. And angels come. And And I just think sometimes we don't see what's available because we only see what we have. And and I'm glad for the Word of God. I mean, every word in here is God-breathed. So I am not minimizing this. God breathed. But but what's written in here is is meant to be breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. Be a fresh word today and lift my eyes that I might follow him and experience him today. And so that the world around us can do the same. Would you stand? (laughs) Praise you, Lord. Father, we just thank you today that we are on a journey. Basically, Mountain Chapel, you know, the word is this, that the journey continues. Amen. How many are on board with that? Lord, where you go, I go. You know, and, and the key really is to find out what is God doing? What does he want to do? And then we we pour ourselves into that and we say, what does it mean to follow you practically in this day, in this time? And I thank you for what you've done before, but what are you doing today? Because God doesn't stop moving, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we think he does, but really all we have to do is just like, look up, where's the cloud? Go get under it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Where'd he go? There he is. I'm going. And uh, and I don't mean God leaves us in our personal life, but, but the activity of God, living in what we call revival, which I think God just calls life. Normal. Yeah, that's a good word. Vitality. Ministry team, would you come? And, uh, in a minute, I'm just going to I'm going to invite Daniel up here just to clo- to close this time out. Uh, so Daniel, would you come uh, as Daniel's coming? I just want to say this. If you're in the house today and you're away from the Lord or you don't know the Lord and you're feeling drawn by him today and you're saying, you know what? We're all saying we're going to keep following and, and the Lord's poured himself out in our midst and we're jumping on board. But if you don't know the Lord and you want to raise your hand, just go ahead and raise your hand today. The Lord's going to come. People have been coming to Jesus lately. If that's you today, just raise your hand. All of heaven celebrates when people come into the family. If you want to be in God's family and you're not, raise your hand. I'll just wait one more, few more seconds. We'll praise God. Hallelujah.